excited about the things of God and what he's doing in this hour. We are living in a prolific hour where God is manifesting his power to hungry ones. And so if I were you tonight, I'd stir up your hunger level uh, because that's what's a conduit for the power of God to be working in your life. Amen? And so if you're not careful, uh, you know, you could go to church and miss it. I remember when I, you know, I graduated the University of Buffalo, you know, and I had different offers with football and different things, and I turned that all down, went to to Bible school, you know, sat under Brother Hagin. Everybody remember Brother Kenneth E. Hagin? Yeah, yeah. Though he be dead, he still speaketh. And, uh, and many of the generals, Schombach and Dr. Summerall, you know, A.A. Allen, you know, different people, Catherine Kuhlman, different people that contended for the power. And uh, I remember, Dad, uh, by the way, God loves you so much tonight. We love you, and what a privilege to be here tonight. And we love your pastors, and we love not only pastor, but his wife and the family, and we believe that his best days of ministry and life are just right in front of him. Amen. Amen. And so we're standing with them and in the spirit, and we love them. Amen? Amen. So in any case, um, you know, I attended uh, Rama Bible Training Center. One person said Rama Bridal Training Center where people would go there to get married. I, that's the last thing on my mind. I was just either in the gym, in prayer, or in school, and working, uh, you know. But I remember Dad Hagen saying this. I'll never forget it. He said, some of you will sit right in the move of God and miss it. Think about that. Pastor Joe, think about that. You'll miss the move of God. I thought that was an astounding thing because... I mean, I've got an agreement and an arrangement with God. Whatever he's doing, I'm there. You know, if he shifts gears, goes right, I'm running right. If the playbook goes left, I'm going left. Whatever God says, I want to follow the move of the Spirit. Amen? And I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight that, you know, we're just one generation away from losing the power of God and the presence of God. Think about it. So you have to become a generation that contends for the miraculous, that contends for the faith and the miraculous. Word and spirit. Amen? That's what your pastors have done. Amen? Are you listening to me? So, you know, several years ago when, you know, I, this is, I guess we're going about the 37th year of ministry, you learn a few things along the way. And, uh, oh God, I guess back around the year 2000 or so plus, I was helping with, with, with the Hagans. I was, they asked me to help with prayer and healing school. I don't know if you know this. When I was a kid, I was always sick. Kidney infections, always sick. The devil tried to destroy me when I was a young boy. That's why I'm so passionate about healing and miracles and signs of wonder, because I just stick it down the devil's throat. I know that's not good King Jimmy, but it works for me. I was tormented as a young kid, sick constantly. So I, I made up my mind that I was going to go for all, all of God. I don't know what, what you're going to do tonight, but two-thirds of the name of God is go. So you better jump in and get in 100%. Why, why would we participate in the things of God and be half-hearted? It just doesn't register in my mind. I say, well, Brother Chris, you're this, that. You're, you, 
you're an athlete, you're, you're a lunatic, you're off the chain. Yeah, I'm kind of lunatic off the chain for God, yeah. You know, God's not asking much of you, just everything. <laughs> and to the degree that you consecrate yourself to him is the degree that he'll show up in your life and you'll be glad you did, believe me. You will not regret selling out to God. You're either going to sell out to God or sell out to the enemy. So I, I made up my mind that I was going to be somewhat radical about my walk with God. I don't mean that I, you know, I walk into Walmart and I'm standing on the conveyor belt screaming and acting like a fruitcake. But my passion and commitment level to the Lord, uh, you know, it's, it's there. I, you know, I've got to be honest with you, it's there. I mean, I'm hungry and I'm, I'm not satisfied. I mean, I'm not saying I've arrived because the minute you think that, the minute you're in real trouble, you're starting to decline because you're being prideful. And so I just want to stay humble and walk softly before him, but carry a big stick. I think Roosevelt said that. Teddy Roosevelt. Did you know Teddy Roosevelt, he was given a presidential speech and someone shot him? How many of you knew that? And he wouldn't go to the hospital. He finished his speech. Sitting there bleeding, shot. We need more of those kind of men around. Huh? Your pastor's like that, you know? We could use, a, Uncle Sam could use a few good men. We could, we could uh, use a few men that are, you know, been shot a little bit and banged up a little bit and they still put on their gear and show up. Amen. What kind of a crowd I got tonight? Y'all out there? Yeah. Amen. Okay, you're just listening real good. So Dad Hagen said, you know, I remember him saying this and I refer to him because, you know, I taught, you know, he, he taught so much to the body and, and uh, you know, he was my spiritual father. Amen? Amen? Many of you, Pastor Dosick is your spiritual father. That's good. Thank God you got a father in the house. Because your pastor really is a father. He is. He's got many sons in the ministries. They're here tonight. You know, Paul said, although you have 10,000 instructors, you have not many fathers. An instructor gives you information. A father says, don't do that. Father will pull you aside and love you and love you and correct you, encourage you, build you up, keep you on course, keep you accountable. We need more fathers in the faith. Amen. And thank God you got one in this house because Pastor Peter Dosick, I should say apostle, apostolic, because that's what he is. He flows in and out of the evangelist, the pastor, the teachers. The apostle touches on all those offices, moves in and out. I'm not an apostle. I flow in a prophetic office. I didn't say pathetic, prophetic. I know what I'm called to do. But he stood right in the midst of, you know, of all these students and all of, like, you know, camp meetings. Of, you know, there was like 20-some thousand people. He said, some of you here, sitting here, will miss the move of God, even though it's right moving in front of you. He said, I wonder how that could happen. Because people don't get hungry See, hunger, you're like a, that's like a lightning rod. Your hunger is like a lightning rod that hits you, that you pursue the things of God. By the way, how many of you appreciate Brother Eric? Isn't he a good man? Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap for him. Because, you know, he's working hard to win souls all over the world, and God's used him in a prolific way. And uh, he's a good man, so anytime you get a chance, you know, go give him, hug his neck and... 
slip them a hundred dollar bill or something like that. Uh, just kidding. Just, just, just be kind to them, all right? Don't growl at them and yell at them, but just be nice. I'm just teasing. I'm having fun. So Dad Hagen said, you know, there are many people that they're going to sit right in the middle of the move of God and they miss the move of God. And I remember I heard that. I, mean, I listened closely, you know, to things. I said, I won't be one of them. I'll be one. I'll be part of an end-time remnant. In fact, when I was a kid, you know, I'd be in, you know, just not too long saved, and I'd be in meetings, and they'd pull me out, and they would say something like this. You're going to be a part of an end-time remnant. I didn't know what an end-time remnant. I thought it was an eye disease. <laughs> Got a remnant issue. Are you listening to me? So I got an agreement that whatever God does, I'm going with him. I'm connected. And the way to do that is to stay in deep fellowship with him. Stay in deep communion with him. Amen. So now I got born again October 18th, 1980. It's good to see you both. Praise God. Love you. And uh, I had a, like a radical encounter, Brother Eric. I got saved, and it was, in, it was like high impact. I, I thought, man, and I don't know. That's just my experience. I don't know. You might say, you know, you know, you got saved, fell asleep, and, you know, whatever. Mine was radical. I got hit with the power of God. I mean, I got like knocked to the floor. That's pretty good, isn't it? Kind of like Saul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. You, you read his encounter that, uh, you know, as he journeyed, you know, on the road to Damascus, it says a brilliant light from heaven. That was the glory of God. That was the manifested glory of God. Jesus appeared to him, and he fell to the ground. Those are, you say, well, I wonder how people fall into the power, what that is. Well, there's a perfect encounter. Jesus appeared to him. He said, who art thou, Lord? Answered his own question. He said, Saul, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You're going against the plan of God. You know, sometimes in your life, the trouble that you're having is because you're going against the wisdom of God and going against the flow versus go with the flow. Thank you for your enthusiasm. He said, basically, let me paraphrase. Saul, if you keep pushing up against my plan and my purpose and the will of God, it ain't going to turn out good for you. So I'm going to give you a choice. You're either going to serve me or you're going to end up probably in hell. So Saul fell under the power. He had a powerful encounter. I think we as people should have powerful encounters with God. Are you there? You can have powerful encounters in, you know, in your prayer closet and just enjoy. That's what will keep you in every move of God, your relationship with God. I'm here to tell you, if you stay connected with the power source, you'll always be connected and led by the Spirit. Amen. I don't know what other people are doing. I'm just too busy to look half the time. But I know this much, I have an assignment to stir people up to intimacy with God and to run deep with God, not shallow. Amen. So I always say, God's called me to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Let me say that again, because some of you didn't get it. I have a call to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. So I'm here to light a bonfire. Not in a bad way, not in a disrespectful way, but to stir you up by way of pure remembrance to your relationship with God and how much he loves you and, and not to miss out on what he has for you. I don't care how old you are. You're still part of the move of God. Right. Amen. Right. You know, the business world, 
my dad was a CEO executive. The business world has this, it's kind of a business, uh, I don't know, platform or cycle, whatever they say, the, the visionary of the first generation pays a price to have a great success. The second generation comes in and what they do is they participate of the hard work of the first generation and then the third generation destroys it all because silver spoon. Now, one thing my dad taught me was hard work and nothing was a handout even though he was successful. And I'm thankful for that. My dad taught me hard work and how to work hard and thank God for work ethic. It's carried over into sports. It carried into my personal life. Carolyn, I'm a hard worker and you ought, to, you ought to be a hard worker. Amen? Right? Hard worker. How do you spell ministry? I, you know, they used to tell you, it's W-O-R-K. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. Do you show me a man who's passionate and fervent in his ways? He will not stand before obscure men. So your passion will drive you into the things of God and your hard work. Like Abraham Lincoln said, my father taught me to work hard, but he never taught me to like it. So it takes 21 days to develop a habit, three days to break it. Like today, I woke up early and I went and worked out in the gym. You say, why'd you do that? Because my body was tired because I worked hard last night and I'm working hard. But I'm in charge of my, my I'm in charge. My spirit man tells my body what it's going to do. Now, is there anything wrong with sleeping? No, it's a good thing to rest. Amen. But I want to stay sharp and I want to stay disciplined. And the root word of disciple is discipline. You know what? The disciples... Twelve men, minus Judas, you know, who went off the wagon, you know, the wheels fell off, and he betrayed Jesus and for, for pieces of silver and went to hell for it and hung himself. That's why I say never sit down at a table of 12 people because there will always be one that's there to deceive you, betray you. That's a joke. It's okay, but it's a good thought anyway. Think on it. It's a little different flow tonight, but it's all good, isn't it? So in any case, discipline or discipleship will drive you into the disciplines of spiritual uh, principles that will cause you to have a greater impact. You know, before God impacts the world, he's got to impact you. Before you can impact anybody else, because such as you have, you give unto them. So all the things that I, I personally, and Brother Eric's like this too, I'm sure, and all these other pastors, beautiful pastors called of God. and The private disciplines that you place on yourself will determine the public success that you have. And all your disciplines are not for yourself, although, thank God, we benefit by our disciplines. But my disciplines behind the scene are for you and for the body. You follow me? You pay a price for others. And you serve. Amen. That's true. It's a fact. That's how it works. Amen? But you got to be willing. You got to be willing to not let this thing get by you. You can't be, you can't have a casual mentality and expect to experience in the power of God. Not that you can't receive it by grace because it's here tonight. And the glory of God's here and you can receive anything from God tonight. 
Wigglesworth used to say this, that there's something about God that he'll travel over an entire congregation of people, thousands of people to get to one person with faith to bring a miracle, bring the power, bring the presence. But I'm here to tell you tonight, your hunger and your passion will drive you into the presence of God. Okay, now I'll share sometimes certain things not to draw attention to myself because I don't. I want to draw attention to Jesus and give him all the glory because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And so we want that. But on the other hand, sometimes sharing some of our experiences will help some people. Amen? See, like, just, just to, for this service, you know, I put in six hours of prayer today in tongues just for once one window of time. Do you understand? Now I'm sharing that. Now, oh, wow, you're so spiritual. No, I'm not going there for that. Because I'm taking serious because someone might be here tonight that has a tumor and they might be dying of cancer, and if I don't pray, we might not get that miracle. You understand what I'm saying? Should you pray a prize for the success of others? And that's my heart. And that's what we need to do. Now, Matthew 5, 6, Jesus made a very interesting statement regarding the Beatitudes, which should be your attitude. Beatitude? Yes, your attitude. Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst. Two things work in there. Hunger has, a, has to do with a meal. Thirst has to do with liquid. So then I would interpret it this way. Blessed are those that hunger for the word because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, you know, Jesus said, I have meat that you know not of. Well, he was the word. Amen? So then he's saying, blessed are those that hunger after faith, which is the word, faith come by hearing. Listen, I am addicted to the word. Amen? I'm literally a substance abuser. You say, in the, in the pulpit? Yeah. You say, well, how's that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I am addicted to the scripture. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. I'm an orator of the word. Uh, I want you to know, you know, you've been in the service, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wash the congregation with faith all night long. That's how your pastor is. So we're in good company. We're running buddies. Same God, same thing. Same Jesus, same, same outfit. You know, we're, we're just gang members in a different way. Your pastor's a gang member. You didn't know that. He's looking for trouble, man. So am I. Listen, we, we, ought to, we ought to be looking to take the enemy out, not retreating, stick our head in the sand. Look, we, we, we've got Jesus in us. We've got everything we need. We're more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. You're dangerous. Do you ever find out completely who you are and the assignment that he has for you and you press in long hours and pray? Oh, my Lord. You'd be like, you know, you'd be like Superman. You go into the phone booth and come out and you're, you know, Clark Kent, Superman, come out of there with the, with the cape. Amen. Christianity is a transformation with extraordinary power. You know, John G. Lake used to say this. He said, no man is fit to preach a gospel he can't demonstrate. That's what John Lake said. 
So we're demonstrators. So where'd you get that from? Okay, glad you brought that up. First Corinthians 2, 4, Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost, that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Wigglesworth used to say, some people read their Bible in Hebrew, some read it in Greek. I read it in the Holy Ghost. You know, I've seen, you know, I'm not being critical, but I see a lot, of, a lot of these different people teach this, that, and other. I, I think some of them, we just need to drop somebody demon-possessed in front of them and see what their Hebrew and Greek will do. The proof's in the pudding. And I'm not critical of the body. I don't want to go there. That's not my heart. But I got an arrangement with God. Whatever he's doing, I'm, I'm doing. And the way I'm going to stay connected to the move of God is to stay in the deep fellowship with him. So, you know, I got born again. You thought I forgot it. Nine, October 18th, 1980. I was three years old. No, I'm just kidding. And I had an encounter almost like on the road to Damascus. You know, it was very, in my mind, it's just my opinion, you know. Not to be dramatic or drama. But I had a real encounter. His real encounter. So, you know, I, I got so turned on, Pastor Philip, that I, as a young, I was 17 years old, and I would go, I would lock myself up as a 17-year-old in my room. You know, my dad had drugstore, you know, he had three, four drugstores, and he was the president. I had six partners underneath him, and we would get all these, like, you know, Bud Light, you know, clocks and Pepsi clocks and all. And I had a Pepsi clock in my room. And it had a little light on it, and I would turn off all the lights, and I would pray as a young kid, 17 years old, I would pray because my encounter, it, it impacted me so much. I had such an encounter with Jesus. I'm like, this is real. What is this? And I wanted to find out, and I was on a journey, and I was radical. Amen. We've got to reach the next, you know, Dr. Summerall said, if we don't reach the next generation with the gospel, meaning the young people coming up, they'll grow up and kill us. And that's what's going on. In fact, every move of God, Acts 2.17 said, in the latter days he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters would prophesy. So the first, with every move of God, the first thing that God does is goes after the young people. Because they're the church of tomorrow and today. Don't write the kids off. Then he said, your young men shall see visions, because when you're young, you need vision. Old men dream dreams. Why is it that? Because they sleep more. So God will get them while they're snoozing. Uh, that's a joke, but I think it's true probably. Amen? See, it's a different flow tonight, so stay with me. So Psalms 145 verse 5 says, One generation shall praise his name and declare his mighty acts to another. Wigglesworth said this. He said the next before he died. And, uh, you know, I, I remember uh, Lester Summerall's account of he was with Smith Wigglesworth in England, and he had to leave because Nazi Germany had invaded Poland in 1939, September 9, 1939, and they were telling, and, and then the Luftwaffe was invading England, and they were bombing England, and so the, all the Americans were being asked to leave, and he had Smith Wigglesworth to himself for two years straight, all by himself. He said he'd go there. And Wigglesworth would come in. He was, he was very astute and dressed perfectly. No, not a hair out of, 
You know, I, and he brought him into his house. First time he came there, he had a newspaper in his hand and came to the front doors trying to impress him, you know, with a newspaper. And he's an American trying to dress up like a, a shiki boy or whatever. Uh, you know, England, you know. He said, what's that under your arm? He said, it's a newspaper. He said, get rid of it. I don't allow lies in my house. Well, you know, nowadays, you know, the, the, the media, I think President Trump kind of did a good job to help us to see that it's fake news because you get nine-tenths nine of it is just blah, blah. You better think for yourself. Amen? Amen. And I don't want to go get political tonight, although I could. Believe me, real fast. Fourteen of our founding fathers were preachers that wrote the Constitution. Did you know that? Our Constitution's never been changed because it's the closest to the Bible. And Isaiah 9 says, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done in heaven as earth. So America is great because America has formulated its constitution and beliefs and its bylaws and its, its uh, laws in the land, policies, if you will, based on truth. And that's why we're the greatest. And what are they trying to do? Change the constitution. Because in order for the Antichrist to come on the scene, America has to be taken out. Because we're the salt of the earth. We're the greatest nation on the planet. So the devil has to take America out so that we can become part of a one world order. Did you get it? Amen. And then if he does that, then the Antichrist can come on the scene and Satan wants to rule the world. But I got news for you. God's not done with this, um, this nation and our greatest days are coming. And you know why? Because the church is connected with God. The church has a relationship with fire. The church won't tolerate transgender or whatever, whatever you want to bring up that's this woke. You must have taken, take the W off and put a J on front of it. Some of you have been to English class. Do I need to spell it out? It's ridiculous. The things. And, and it's the deep state. These are, these are men with money behind the scenes trying to destroy America. You know, uh, Winston Churchill said you can trace the downfall of London when the preacher stopped preaching about hell. This nation is only as great as its preachers. Under the Old Testament, they counseled with the prophet, priest, and king. The kings did. Listen to me. When the pastors and preachers start standing up and teaching their people that you have a voice, and there's no separation between church and state. I don't know why I'm talking about it, but I'll touch on it a bit. The separation of church and state was not to keep the church out of the state, was to try to keep the state out of the church from meddling with the church. So the preachers need to have a voice again. The pulpits in America need to get on fire and talk about things and train and teach you how to vote and do those things. And they're worried about losing their 5013 status. That's what they use against us. Well, you might lose it anyway, so you might as well get bold and just talk. Amen? Is this helping you tonight? 
a little off the, off the you know, road here, but it's good to hear these things. Amen? So in any case, uh, so I got born again, and my encounter was intense, and so I began to seek the Lord in private as a young man, 17 years old. Now, listen, I'm a, I, my parents were Catholics, you know, Roman Catholic. I'm a first-generation Pentecostal. You know? I mean, some people have had, some of you here tonight, you've had a heritage where your parents were Christians and your your grandparents, and some of you have the heritage. I never had that. I was just raised in an Italian home. You know what I mean? He that speaks the loudest is heard, you know? And my dad was a strong leader. Thank God for that. I I, I learned leadership from my dad, and my mom was a deep, she loved people. So I figure, hopefully, I got the best of two of them because I love deeply and I want to be strong for the Lord. Amen. And strength is for service, not for ego. Because the Bible says they that are strong ought to, not please, ought to reach the infirmities of the weak and not please themselves. For strength is for service, not for ego, the message Bible. So our strength is to serve. Amen? And we humbly serve, and God's given us strength. Go ask Samson. He got in trouble. But in any case... I don't know if you know this, but Samson was actually taller than Goliath. Did you know that? Yeah, he was. Samson got in trouble with three women. Are you listening to me? Now I got time. I could teach on all that. And we're going to touch on something part of it. But I'm trying to get so many things going on in my spirit to get out tonight. It's hard to get, get, get to where I'm wanting to get. But nevertheless... Let me say this to you. I was uh, crying out to the Lord as a 17-year-old. And I didn't know much. I still don't know much. And I would cry night after night. I'm not exaggerating. Night after night as a young person, I would get alone and I'd sit in my bed. I'd put pillows up against the wall and I would cry out to God with tears down my face, Lord, what is this? What is going on? I, you know, like I said, I'm first, I was just first-generation Italian, Italian Catholic. And I had some encounter with power that I never knew before. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. But I knew it was real. How many of you know it's real? Amen. Come on now. So I was, cry- I, was, I was pressing in as a young person, and I didn't have any knowledge much of anything. I didn't know too much. I'd read a little bit here and there, try to figure it out, put it, you know. See, but the good thing about how it worked with me, and I think this is probably good for some of us, you learned relationship before you learned knowledge. Some people learn knowledge and relationships second. It's like the person that plays the piano. If you don't put piano paper in front of them, they can't play. Are you listening to me? I can jump on the keyboard right now and just start playing because I learned by ear first. That's how I learned my relationship with God. I learned by ear, by listening to his voice. I'm a, I can play. I was a worship leader. I could jump up there right now and play. I know chords, but I learned that. I learned relationship first, and I learned the formality later, and that serves me well. Some people have a form of God that denies the power. They've got the word, 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 but they don't have no relationship, so it's a, they get stuck. You follow me? So I'm very relational to begin with. I really, we're Italian. I love people. 
I reach out to people, I try to be there for people, I love leaders, I try very hard to, to be a blessing to them and encouragement to them, and that's my heart. Brother Eric's the same way. He loves leaders all over the place. Your pastor, I mean, he's an apostle and he raised a father in the faith and loves leaders. I know why I'm, I'm connecting with you all. I know there's just so many dynamics in the spirit. You guys don't know it, but it is. Amen? And I want to be led by the spirit. So any case, so, you know, I did this for quite some time, and I was having encounters with God as a 17-year-old that was powerful. And God's no respecter of persons, so what he does for one, he'll do for any. So if you just cry out to him, he'll come meet you. Because you've set your affections on him, he will deliver you, Psalms 91, 14. Colossians 3, 1, if then you've been raised up with Christ, set your affections on things above, or Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. The Living Bible says if you've been raised up with Christ, let heaven fill your thoughts. Isn't that right? James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands from sin and purify your hearts from being double-minded. Amen? Like I started to say, Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger, word, thirst the presence, for they shall be what? Filled with God's power. So if you're hungry and you're thirsty, you'll get filled with power. That's the out, listen, that's the equation that's gonna happen. God comes for the hungry. He meets the hungry heart. Are you listening to me? You know, the human heart's an amazing thing. You know, it's about the size of your fist. It's about seven to nine ounces. It beats 60 to 80 times per minute, 100,000 times in a day, 700,000 times in a week. And you know what? Listen to this closely. The number one killer in America is coronary heart disease. Because America's feeding on high cholesterol and junk food. Listen to me, it's no different spiritually. Listen, as blood flows to the heart for you to live, you're a spirit being. Paul talked about the, well, actually, the hidden man of the heart, 1 Peter 3, 4. You're a spirit being. You possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and intellect, and you have a physical body. And when your heart cries out, Psalms 42, 7, is deep cries out to deep, God comes to give you a healthy heart and the flow of the spirit to your spirit man, to your heart invigorates and gives you life and you carry the very presence and the anointing of the other realm. So the parable, or the parallel is the better word. If coronary heart disease is the number one killer in America, it's the number one killer in the church too. And you know what stops the blood from flowing, and if, listen, if, if, you know, your heart's a very important little mechanism, don't you think? If the blood stops flowing to it, the heart shuts down, guess what? You're heading out. One realm or the other, wherever you're serving. But there's a similarity 
parallel that the number one killer in the church world is the blockage of sin and the debris of the world. You know, the word is high fiber. If people, you know, you know, sit there and watch TV all day long as the stomach turns. Soap operas. Isn't life enough of a soap opera? You sit there and watch these people argue and live crazy. As the stomach turns, the days of our strife, the young and the toothless and ruthless. I always say if you want more of G-O-D, stop watching HBO. You got to understand, that's, that's high cholesterol worldliness that's blocking the flow of God and the Spirit of God moving in your life. It's hindering in your heart. It's being shut down spiritually. It's like one person said, you know, a minister said he was preaching and someone had a heart attack in the church and they, the paramedics came in and took about seven rows out because they couldn't figure out who it was. Let me tell you something. This is not a funeral parlor. And your pastors are not funeral directors. This is a place where the life of God flows to your heart. Where the anointing flows to your heart, invigorates, sets you on fire inside. An amazing impact of the Spirit of God. You know, John Lake used to say this. If a man or woman, listen to this, sits in a service when the anointing is moving and they sit there and stare, he said, they have lacked an encounter with God. Think about that. Now, I know everybody's at different places, and we're not trying to condemn or beat anybody up. That's not my heart. Man, when life, when the anointing comes, I can sense it, I respond. I try to live and abide in the anointing. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide, you shall ask what you will and shall give in. You're going to get results if you abide. Abide means you stay there. You camp out. You dwell. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we will say of the Lord, he's my rock, my refuge, the God in whom I trust. You know the shadow of the Most High? Do you know Peter in Acts 5 said even when Peter, people would come, even the shadow of Peter, they'd get healed? Say, what's that? That's the anointing. Acts 4.13 So when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they took notice that they'd been with Jesus. So we can tell where you've been. Your face is a billboard. Moses came down from Mount Sinai to get the ten suggestions, I mean commandments. Or you're being too rough. No, commandments. Commandments. He had to put a veil over his face because he had been in the glory of God. He had a Holy Ghost sunburn. So you knew in the presence of God, you you were reflected. You can see it in the face of people. You can see a glow about them. There's a presence about something. You know, it's on you like an aura. Amen. Amen. You know, John Lake, you know, at the turn of the century, you know, he was... He moved to Spokane, Washington. In six years' time, Brother Eric, he raised up 1,250 ministers. That's pretty good. Had over 100,000 uh, accounts of divine healing that they recorded. And uh, 
he had a, you know, in Spokane, Washington, was the key. he had healing homes, and he learned how to release the life of God like, tr- the, like a fluid. Like, I always tell people, your hands are jumper cables to the life of God. Booster cables. What's in you flows out. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But you got to get full of something before something can flow out. Amen? One minister said it this way, most of the laying on of hands is empty hands on empty heads. That's what he said, not me, so don't get mad at me. But, you know, it was recorded. John Lake would shake hands of people at his church, and they fall in the power of God. They, sometimes they get six feet from him, and they fall down in the power because he carried so much of God. We ought, to care, we, we ought to carry God. Listen to me. We ought to carry God, not shallow. Now, I'm not saying that you have to walk into Walmart and people fall into the power all through the aisles or anything weird. Right? I'm not saying anything weird. I'm just saying you ought to carry a robust presence of God. When people get around you, they sense something. I've had countless times where people have come into my house and said, there's such a peace in your house. I'd say, really? You think so? Yeah. Why is that? Well, we sense presence. Well, it's because I walked the floors for hours, and the Lord, his presence is with me. Amen. Usually between 2 and 4 o'clock, just about every night, I wake up and pray for a couple hours. No, I didn't do it last night, but we were up all day, you know, whatever, yesterday. So prayed up. You know, you understand what I'm saying? You've got to do sessions with God. You've got to have sessions with him. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands from sin. Our God's a consuming fire, Hebrews 12, 21. So if you get close to a consuming fire, he's going to burn the chaff off or the sins or the high cholesterol that's almost got you to the point where you could have a heart attack. Get it out. Purge it. There's a purging process. Listen to me. There's a price to pray and play, pay, excuse me, for the power of God. And if you get close to God, you're going to start changing. And listen to me. Change won't be hard if you allow the anointing to do it. Change is very difficult when you try to do it by yourself. But when you get in the presence of God, see, it's kind of like going for, anybody ever had a root canal? A few of you, right? Can you imagine going for a root canal and you, they don't give you any anesthesia and they just go in and... That's what change is like without the anointing. The beautiful part about the Lord is when you get in his presence, he begins to strip off things that have no use, that are blockage to the flow to your heart. It's a, it's a most exciting purging process because it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. He removes stuff like you could come into services. You may have come in one way, you'll leave another way and say, I didn't even realize that stuff broke off of me. Amen. And if you get the anesthesia of the Holy Spirit, like the Lord said, in your services, son, people will come in one way, they'll go under the anointing, they'll fall under the anesthesia of the Holy Ghost, and while they're down there, I'll remove things, take things off of them, break things off of them, 
And I'll also put things in them. I've had people, new hearts put in, all kinds of different things. Kidneys, different things. They're on the operating table. Under the anesthesia. That's why I tell people, don't get up. What are you doing? Getting blood squirting all over the place. You're under the operation of the spirit. I just tell people, stay down. You're like, really? Now stay down. Some of them might just say, just stay stuck to the floor just to help them. And then just stick to the floor. That's the problem with us. We're so busy, you know, like, like you never you ever walk past somebody and say, hey, how you doing? You know, like, but you don't really take any time to know the person. You stop. That's how we are with the Lord. Hey, Lord, how you doing? We don't spend any time with them. So in any case, back to my conversion. Is this helping you tonight? You're so gracious. Thank you. So I was praying long, I mean, you know, night after night after night, praying, 17 years old. And I began to inquire, Pastor Gerald, like, Lord, is there something you want to do with me? Because it seems like something's going on here, and I don't know what that means. But So my brother, my oldest brother, I'm the youngest of four, he was a dean of a, of, of a Bible school, the church that we went to where I got saved. And so one day he was, they were teaching a class, and he was in the back of the class. Now look how God works. He's just overseeing the school, watching in the back as the students are there. And all of a sudden, he said, the presence of God dropped in there, and the instructor stopped and pointed at my brother. He said, Pastor Bob, go take this message to your brother Chris. Well, I've been crying out to him. I mean, maybe I didn't know how to hear so well, you know. He said, I would see him in the ministry, but not as he sees himself. Now, again, I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, but I'm talking some principles, so bear with me and, you know, excuse any vanity if it seems that way. It's not my heart. I would see him, this is what he said, I would see him in the ministry, but not as he sees it. Well, at that time, I'm 17. All I knew about was pastors and evangelists, because that's all we know about sometimes. But when you study the Bible a little farther, you'll find out that God has set some in the church, first apostles, like your pastor, secondarily prophets, thirdly evangelists and pastors and teachers, the five-fold ministry for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Are you listening to me? The five-fold ministry gifts are like senators and governors that govern in the realm of the Spirit. Your pastor, he's like a governor in the area. He governs this area. God's given him assignment strategically, and he's, you know, God has given him a a, a big mantle on him to carry and to inspire other leaders. And he, you follow me? That's what's going on. And see, Jesus is a type and shadow of David. And when David met Goliath, if you remember, he reached down. Remember, he, Saul tried to put on his, tell him, put on my backslidden armor. He's in a tent. He's backslidden, you know, eating Oreo cookies and uh, Diet Pepsi. The anointing is gone from him. And Goliath for 40 days is taunting the children of Israel. And David, God's, you know the story, his daddy told him, go take a lunch up to your brothers. And then he gets up to the front line. His brothers start railing on him. What are you doing here? What are you doing? He said, what did I do now? Read the scripture. What did I do now? Sometimes when you got something on you and the brothers are jealous, they'll get on your case. Remember, sometimes you got to walk past family members. To obey God, obey your father. Amen. Just, just turn, the, turn your hearing aids off. I'm just kidding. You know, just, just don't listen to it. Just listen to the voice of God and obey him. So David gets up there, 
you know, and he tries to put on his backslidden armor and that don't work. And the anointing's on David because he's killing lions and bears, remember, with his bare hand. The anoint- he knew the anointing in, the, in where? In the wilderness. You got to learn the presence of God in the, in the wilderness. A wilderness, that's a bad place. I heard some religious people, well, you're having a wilderness experience. What a bunch of rubbish. Wilderness experience is where you find God. John was in the wilderness, right? What was he there? Yeah, we'll get there. John, John, John the Baptist, John Baptocostal, was in the wilderness. And he was a voice saying, repent. Right? He was a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. When you go to the wilderness, you get the wildness of God. I don't mean rebellion. I'm talking about the wild flow of fire. When you, come, you will not have a voice unless you go to the wilderness. You will have a voice, but it won't impact. It'll be like, it'll be like Charlie Brown, wah, 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 with a teacher, remember? Wah, 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 wah. You ever had somebody talk to somebody, you're saying something to you for about th- 10 minutes, and I don't know what the heck they said. The church has a voice. It's clear. It's straight. It's uncluttered. There's no mess about it when you get to the word. But when you come out of the wilderness, that's when you have a voice because in the wilderness is where you find God. David had been doing it for you. Look, the Bible says in Luke 6, uh, 19, or actually 5, 9, 16, said Jesus withdrew himself into the... And what did he do? It says he prayed all night long. The wilderness is a place where you're pulling yourself out of the flow of retirement of the community, what's going on around you, you go there that you get an encounter with God that you carry, that you have a voice, that you carry something, you say things, and you get a hold of God in a private, quiet place. Come on now, is this helping you? Jesus withdrew himself into retirement, the Bible says in the Amplified Bible, which means out of circulation. And then what did he do? Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every manner of sickness and disease among them. So see, the wilderness experience was his isolation with God, alone with God, so that when he came into the cities, he taught, preached, and healed, and got miracles of the miraculous. So you have to find someplace, it might be your closet, where you put locks on the door and get alone with God and begin to pray and seek his face that the fire will come on you, the direction will come on you, and the anointing that's one, could be one generation from being lost, could be lost. If you, if you have hunger and passion, you will, ref, you will keep it, you will inspire, you will, you will deposit it to the next. So he said this, you thought I forgot, I'm back over there at Bible school. He said, go take this message to your brother Chris. I would see him in the ministry. By the way, let me back up. David, before we turn gears here, David reached into the brook. Everybody say brook. And he grabbed what? Five, what kind of stones? Smooth stones, that's the five-fold ministry gift. Smooth because they're under the anointing for years. And what did he do? The type and shadow of Jesus. He took those stones and launched them 
what? He threw one into the mindset of darkness. That's what pastoral offices, that's what the five will, they, they assault the mindset of darkness with the word of God and they take Goliaths out in regions and they take the sword of the spirit and cut his voice out so that faith dominates over the lives of the enemy and the minds of the believers. So the fivefold ministry gifts are powerful when they're in the brook and Jesus will launch them at the satanic strongholds in regions to take it out by training you in faith, showing you the anointing that you can live victorious in this life because you've been trained by a servant, a five-fold smooth stone launched by the head of the church into the mindsets of darkness. That's good teaching. That's why you have to love your pastors and pray for them and stand with them and receive their the engrafted word, which is able to see with meekness, the engrafted word. So in any case, which is able to save your soul. So he says, take this message to your brother. I would see him in the ministry. Now I only knew two of the offices. There's three I didn't know about, but that's all I knew in my small brain, you know. And here's the word. Listen to this. Listen, this is what the Spirit of God said. This is the Lord directly talking to me. He is to seek my face and I will show him what he's called to do. Listen to this. He said, and for the call that I place upon his life, listen to these, I desire, number one, courage. So you, gotta, you, you can't be a scaredy cat if you're going to do things for God. Remember the Wizard of Oz? Courage. Then Toto walk up and he go, oh, you know, you know, the monkeys and all that, you know, whatever. We don't need to go there. <laughs> then he said the second thing was this, commitment. So you have, to be, you have to have courage, you have to have commitment. And listen to the next thing he said. I still remember it in my ears. Listen to this, deep communion with God. So now I know what I'm called. I know what I'm called, offices that are in. I know what's inside of me. Paul talked about, he said, I, Paul, an apostle of God. So we can talk about a few things without being too weird. But we're not drawing attention to ourselves. We're drawing attention to us being stewards of the office. Amen. I want to be a good steward. 1 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, I thank my God who's enabled me. Hello? who counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So you got to be faithful. A faithful man shall abound with much blessing. Psalms 101.6 verse 6 says, My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. Berkeley's translation would be my associates. And without, if you're not faithful in that which is another man's, how can you be given that which is your own? And he that is faithful in little things is faithful in much. He that is unfaithful in little things will be unfaithful in much. So you got to be faithful and you got to be humble and you got to serve under another man and learn some things and get some things inside of you. Even though you might have a strong gift or whatever, you still got to submit to those that have gone before you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. But it's true, that's how it works. Even in the business world, it works that way. Even any world works that way. Amen? So he said, the last thing was deep communion. Deep communion. And to be honest with you, that's what burns in me. Communion with God. 
and to stir the body up to relationship. And the benefits of intimacy with God. Now, 1 Corinthians 1 in verse 9 says, For God is faithful. Aren't you glad? Even, listen, listen, even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful because he will not deny himself. Aren't you glad? So God is faithful, listen to this, who has called us, listen to this, into fellowship with his son, by his son. So communion is your number one calling in life with God. And one of the modern misconceptions of Christianity is to think just because you're born again, you know God. Well, I got news for you. You might be born into the household of God, but it doesn't mean you spend time with your father. Because I was raised in an Italian home, and I was the youngest of four, and I was the closest to my daddy because I sought him out. I wanted to learn everything I could from him. Are you there? So communion means this. Come into union with God. Now, in one sense of the word, when you're born again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new, and all things are of God, who's reconciled us back into himself and given unto us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, God was in Christ, hugging the world back to himself, one translation says. So you're born again, and we're in the household of God, but let me tell you something, I was born into the household of D'Amico, and my dad being an executive and a businessman, but listen to me. It was different when I sought him out. And when he would go get his shoes on, my dad liked to walk. He was six foot, you know, six something. And he would go walk. And anytime I saw him putting them shoes on, I'd put mine on and go with him. I'd grab a stick and I'd go walk with him. Do you think it's any different with our walk with God? You know, to, you know Revel, uh, Genesis 3 and verse 8 and 9 says, And Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. I always tell people it's cool to walk with God. Listen to me. Your fellowship and your walking with God, you begin to understand the Father's heart. Begin to hear his voice. You begin to hear purpose. He, becomes to, he starts to define things. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he begins to drop things in your spirit. For what eye cannot see, what ear cannot hear, all that is entered the heart of man, the things which God's prepared, for he's revealed those things to us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit's job is like FedEx. He'll send the package up on the inside, up to your intellect, and give you understanding. He's a divine communicator. Of the heart of God. For how be it, John 16 says, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, will he done come on the day of Pentecost? He will not speak on his own behalf, but that which he hears he shall speak, and he shall show you things to come. You're not in the dark. It's not hide and seek, it's show and tell. 
And if you fellowship with him in communion, he, the Holy Spirit, like FedEx or UPS, will begin to bring to you the very heart and direction of God into your life, and communion with him will keep your heart healthy, keep you spiritually strong, keep you from wavering off the course, keep you connected to the plan and purpose of God on the earth, and you'll not miss God or the move. You'll be connected with the communion coming into union with fellowship. You can talk about the power all you want, but until you roll your sleeves up, and start engaging in your own personal life, I'm not saying you're not, so don't misunderstand me. Don't get mad. I'm not saying that. But let me tell you something. Your passion to walk with him and pray in the spirit long hours and to get alone with him and to begin to fellowship and commune with him will release the anointing in your life and everything you need will be found right there. Everything. This ministry, I know it in my spirit, was founded on communion with God. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit of God, it is life and is everlasting. And when something except the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. Notice the house got built, but God didn't build it. Well, God built this house because your pastor followed God and followed the anointing and flowed in the miraculous. That man has contended for the miraculous his entire life. Amen. And this thing can be lost if we don't get hungry. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. Are you there? Now, Paul wrote to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, verse 5 through 7, he said, Timothy, I want to put you in remembrance of the unfreighted faith that first dwelt in your grandma. Everybody say grandma. That's a generation, isn't it? I wish you would have said grandpa for some reason that irks me, but not that I'm against women or nothing, but some of the men, you know, like, you know, hello, hello, wake up. Come on, the women shouldn't have to do all the spiritual work at your house. Women are multipliers. You give a woman a bag of groceries, she'll make a meal. You give her a house, she'll make a home. You give her intimacy, she'll build a family. She'll give you a child. You give her a hard time and she'll give you hell. They're multipliers. And maybe you say, well, she's pushing me and all that. Well, wait a second. Maybe you ought to be pushing yourself to lead in the home, lead spiritually, and take charge so that she can follow your lead. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. The first thing a woman wants is somebody that has purpose and direction. Because if not, she's going to get frustrated. You're going to tell her she's got a Jezebel spirit. No, she doesn't. You got a lazy butt spirit. Sorry. (laughs) Did I just say that? Well, we might as well talk a little plain, you know. I may have lost a few people there. But please hang in in there. I don't mean anything offensive. But if the shoe fits, wear it. Come on, men are leading. Men hear from God. Well, men don't hear from God. Yes, they do. Men pray like women pray. 
Come on. Lock yourself up until you get a hold of God. Your wife will even love you even more. You'll love her even more because you'll look past things and you'll love her in the eyes of God. In any case, that's not my subject. Why are you all getting me off on all this stuff? Get me in trouble. <laughs> Women are multipliers. Say that with me. Women are multipliers. They feed off your direction. They follow. So you're leading the home spiritually. Amen. I'm glad I got that out. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was coming, you know. We're, we are too, you know. Praise the Lord. Well, I stirred it up tonight, didn't I, Pastor Joe? Oh, my Lord, I'm in trouble. That's good, though. We've got to talk the truth. We've got to talk straight. <laughs> so he said, you thought I forgot, 2 Timothy 1. I said, Grandma, remember? I was talking about Grandma. That's what sparked all this, and you guys threw me that direction. And he goes, he said, Grandma! He said, it was first in your grandmother, then it's in your mama. There's another generation. I said, now, Timothy, I'm persuaded it's in you, boy. Stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of hands. For God's not given you a spirit of fear, but power and a love and a sound mind. He's looking to say, look, grandma gave it to mama. Mama threw the bonfire, dropped it into you. Now you take it and run with it. Three generations. Acts 2.17, sons and daughters shall prophesy. One generation. Young men see vision. Old men dream dreams. And upon my handmaids and servants, I'll pour out my spirit. So God moves. He's a generational thinker. And every move of the Holy Spirit or the power of God is to mark generations so that the fire can be passed on to the next. All it takes is a breakdown to begin to disfigure it all and get weird. Come on, you've got to stay strong. You've got to run with what God's given you. We've got to pass the baton to the next generation. So now, I had this really different experience. Probably about 2011, I was in Fredonia, New York, Jamestown. The pastor has 12 churches. He's very apostolic, like your pastor. He's a Rayma graduate and whatever, and I've been there. We've had so many powerful meetings, moving chairs out, people all over the, you know, all kinds of stuff happening, just miraculous visitations. And so one night we were doing special meetings and I was laying in bed. It's about 2.30 in the morning and the presence of God, Pastor Joe, dropped in my room. I'm just talking a few things here, okay? Is that all right? Is this, is this okay? And I had a visitation from the Lord. The presence of God dropped. Now, mind you, I've probably been asleep maybe an hour or something like that, and I'm awakened by presence in my room. We're having, you know, strong meetings and God's are moving. I just love pastors that are hungry for God, you know, that want the move of God. And all of a sudden, like a, I had like a mini vision, mini vision. And this is, listen to me, because I, there's some principles here that have to be transferred. And in that vision... Dad Hagen stood in front of me. And look, some of these things, you know, some people say, they talk about their visitation, it was like too much pizza, you know, or, or some weird thing, you know, all these weird stuff. But this, this kind of startled me, Brother Eric. It shook me a little bit because I'd never seen anything. I'd never had an experience like this. And Brother Hagen stood in front of me, 
And for it seemed like about an hour, he spoke to me about the move of God, taking it to the next generation. You have to contend for the miraculous. You have to carry the baton to the next generation. The things that have been imparted into me are imparted into the next. We're spiritual sons. The sons have to carry on the same move of God and bring it. And you know what? I was blown away by that, and I was so stirred. And here's another thing. It was a room. I knew we were in a room because every office has a room. Pastor's office has a room. The teaching office has a room. The evangelist office in the spirit has a room. Are you there? The apostle has a room. And we were in a room together. So I knew at that point that I was standing in a prophetic office with him. I was an extension of his ministry for the previous generation. Are you listening to me? So now, that was, that was seemed like about in my mind, seemed like about 45 minutes to an hour, all he did would lecture me about contending for the miraculous, the supernatural, bring it to the church, bring it to the world, bring it, move with God, move with the spirit, move with the things of God, move in the gifts of the, over and over and over like a rerun on a, on a belt. And I woke and I came out of that and I was so startled by that. Never had anything. I mean, I've had Jesus appear to me twice, but not Brother Hagin. I mean, you don't read that in the Bible. I thought, I've never seen that in the Bible, have you? So it really messed with my head, you know, because God's given me a mind to use in a good way. So I began to ask the Lord, like, Lord, where's Scripture for this? He said, uh, Matthew 17. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Ah. I was like, oh, okay. Remember Jesus had Peter, James, and John with him? You all still with me, right? And uh, it says that in, in that trans, Jesus was transfigured in front of him, and who appeared? Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Now, what's the takeaway from that? One generation shall praise his name and declare his mighty acts, and the law turned over to the to Elijah, now turned over to Jesus, and Jesus was the successor of the law and the, of the prophet office, and he was the head of the church. So I got it. Made sense to me. Now, so like one week later, I was in California, Brother Eric, and I'm traveling out there in California, and I'm sitting at a table with a pastor. He's an ORU graduate, you know, and we're sitting, hey, praise God, right? Go Eagles. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I said, you know, and the pastor's there, and I said, I said, can I share something with you guys? This is like when I didn't, I didn't see the mountain of transfiguration yet, which is, the, it was the mountain of Tobar, I think it is, Tobar, Tobar. And I said, I just had this really crazy experience. I want to, can I share it with you guys? You know, sometimes you can only share it with some people because, because then you think you're crazy, you know, weird stuff, you know, fruit, you went off the deep end, you know, you're so passionate that you went off the rails, you know. I don't want to go off the rails. I want to find it in the word and I want to stay grounded in the scriptures. So I told it to this pastor, he's an ORU graduate, and I'm sitting there, I'm telling him my experience, and he looks at me like, you ever seen a deer in a headlights? And I'm like, what is it? Do you think I'm nuts or something? What's the problem? What happened? What was it? He said, Brother Chris, he said, just recently I had a visitation. Listen to this. And he said, Oral Roberts appeared to me. And he said, Oral Roberts told me in a visitation to take the healing power of God to my generation. 
That blew me away. I'm like, I got it. I got it. See, so one generation shall praise his name and declare its mighty acts to another. So we have to take the baton. I ran relay, you know, I was a sprinter. Played college football, I was a sprinter, I ran track. We had a, you know, the 880 where you ran, the 880 relay where you hand off the baton to another person and you ran and I ran, uh, I think, the third link, you know. We had one guy had legs as long as this, whatever, he could just run fast. He's just big, tall, like Eric, Brother Eric. And he had long legs and he was fast, you know. But listen to me God is passing the baton of purpose and the move of God to the next generation. Grandma, Mama, Timothy. And things can be lost, even in the natural. Ladies, you know. You know, one generation, you ladies were taught how to cook and do wonderful, you know. That can be lost to the next generation. You, you can go from a three-course meal to dominoes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Getting in trouble here. But it's true, things can be lost. And we cannot, we cannot lose the fire of God. We cannot lose the miracles of God. We cannot lose the gifts of the Spirit. We cannot lose the very materiality and substance of the move of God in this generation. And you have got to be a contender for it and stir up yourself by way of pure remembrance and get alone in the place of the fire of God. Are you listening to what God's saying? Like I said, the business pattern is the first generation creates something very prolific by hard work. The second generation inherits it and is a little bit silver spoon and the third generation can destroy it. That's not the case with me. It should not be the case with you. You're in a church that is an end time remnant in the body of Christ. This church is a flame throwing church that fights for miracles all over the globe. And there's many sons in this house that have been raised up by a spiritual father, Pastor Peter Dosick, apostle, and his calling is reached into the multiple generations underneath. And there's men of God here tonight that are carrying the same fire and purpose in this, in this area and going to the world by way of Zoom meetings all over. And your pastor's gone and done mass crusades all over the world. Because he chose to be one that would not compromise. One who would not say, well, he's worried about the opinion of man. Or one who's afraid of what people think. Or maybe they'll think we're crazy. Listen, I am not ashamed of this gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first, to the Gentile. You're one of them tongue talkers. Yes, sir, I am. You're one of those that prays for the sick. Yes, sir, I am. You're one of those that contends for miracles. Yes, sir, I am. You're one of those that's a tither and sows large sums of money to help. Yes, sir, I am. Well, I think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't give a fruity toot what you think. I ought to obey God rather than man, and so should you. And it's time for the church to have a backbone and a fire that you stand up and say, this is the gospel. This is the way. Gay lifestyle is not the right way. Transgender is not the way. Whatever you want to label, put it out there. It's time to stand up, not condemn people. We love the world. We love people. But stand up and have a voice, and you're carrying something. See why I'm so passionate about it. My job is to provoke, to stir you up, to, to light a fire in you, to get you to want more of God. And that's your pastor's heart too. We're here to equip you, to empower you, to do the works of Jesus. The anointing is on your life. But you gotta press in. You gotta want it. I've been to Pastor Joe's church. He's a man in the word and he's a man of the spirit. I've been to my brother right here. This, he is, Philip is a, Pastor Philip is a man of the word and a man of the spirit. Man of the word, man of the spirit. Why? Because that's the DNA that's been transferred. That's the ministry of Jesus that came through Pastor Dosik and he released it into his sons. And guess what? You are the sons and daughters of God. Listen to me, you are so blessed to have a seat here tonight, not because I'm speaking, but because this place welcomes the move of God. We're contenders. You, Adrian, you are a contender. You are in the ring of life, and you will not fail. A righteous man falls seven times, but gets up again. And you will fight the good fight of faith. And you'll not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. And you will be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your labor is not in vain. You'll be like Nahum 1-7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in my life in the day of trouble. And we trust the Lord with all our heart. We'll not lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, we'll acknowledge him. And he'll make straight our path. And he will orchestrate your steps. And he will lead you in paths you haven't known yet. He'll make the dark places light, the crooked paths straight. And these things he'll do and not forsake you. He will anoint you with his spirit from on high. For you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, what? Of the death, burial, and resurrection. Of the, the book of Acts, the 59 manifestations in the book of Acts. And 21 fulfillments. You are acting now. And Acts 4.29 said when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 4.13. They took note that they'd been with Jesus. And then they prayed in Acts 4.29, now behold thy threatening and grant unto our servants. With all boldness we would speak forth this word, stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders might be done in the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they prayed, the place shook. Time to shake it up. Jesus walked in, they were selling doves and doing all these crazy things for money and Jesus came in and kicked those tables over. He said, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. 
He called religion on the table. They were using it to make money. I'm here to tell you, this church is not about making money. This church is about making disciples and winning the world to Jesus. And your best days are yet to come. I'm here to tell you your best days are yet to come. Pastor Dosick's best days, his wife Phyllis, best days to come. This church and the next generation, you better get ready, young man. You better get your boots on and start marching. Because it's got to be handed off to the next. And there's nothing worse than success without a successor. But I know in my heart, this place is... This is a place where the bonfire of heaven can come. Jesus is welcome. Some churches, they don't even welcome him. They don't even welcome him. I run with the Spirit of God. I know it's so strong on me, and I go to a place, and they don't even welcome him. They can't wait to get the service over. We have to make room for God. Pastor Eric, uh, Brother Eric, we were talking a little bit about that tonight, about making room for the presence of God. Make room for him. If you make room for him, he'll make room for you. Amen. Amen. Has this helped you tonight? For God is faithful, is calling you. He's still calling. I hear his voice, please come. He's calling you. He's calling your name. He's calling your family. He's calling you. He's calling you into fellowship with him. You can have your own encounter. Not saying you're not, but there's more. More. I'm never satisfied. There's too many needs. There's too much. Sometimes it's overwhelming to me, all the problems and issues. But that's why God has got a body with different gifts and assignments that everybody does their part and we get this thing done. Hallelujah. Has this helped you tonight? I'll leave you with one last scripture. John chapter 7, verse 37, on that last great day, Jesus stood up and cried. Let me tell you something. That wasn't a cry of vocals. It was tears down his face. If any man thirsts, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. He said, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and burdened. Take my yoke upon you, for my way is easy and my burden is light. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. For this he spake of the spirit that was not yet given, for Jesus had not yet been glorified. For he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. The anointing is dropping right now. Lift your hands. I, I'm telling you right now, if I could just stir you, he's calling you. Please, he's calling you. He wants your heart. Whatever's obstructing the block of the flow, it's coronary heart disease, get it out of the way. Don't be distracted with stuff that's nonsense, social media. Exodus 33:11 said, God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. More people are on Facebook than the face of God. Face to face. He's calling you tonight. He wants your heart. He wants your heart.
He wants your heart. He wants all of you. He loves you so much. No one will love you like him. No one will speak to you like him. He needs you. You're his body. Let go of it. Let go of your own will. Let go of your own plans. Let go of your wrong relationships. Let go of your sin. Give it to him. Here he comes. How bad you want him? Lift your hands and worship him. Just worship him. Some of you tonight, you know, the Laodicea church, he said, uh, I know your works. You're neither cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot. He said, but you're lukewarm. He said, because of that, I'll spew you out of my mouth. As far as I know, Hebrews 1.7 says he makes his ministers a flame of fire. God spoke to Moses in a burning bush and it didn't burn him. Lit a fire in him. You can fellowship with fire because you're built to receive it. God wants you on fire tonight, not, not lukewarm. Listen, we're not playing church, folks. This will cost you your life, you know. Your walk with God could save your life. Jesus said, there's a people that honor me with their lips. I'm not saying that's you, but I'm just talking. There's a people that honor me with their lips, with their hearts far from me. It's far from me. Just lift your hands. The anointing's moving in here. The glory of God will move in here heavy tonight. For the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. For we shall all see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For days of heaven upon earth shall come. He's coming back for a, bri a bride without spot or wrinkle. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. Maybe tonight you've left your first love. It's time to get back to him. Maybe things aren't working all too well when you do it your way like Paul on the road to Damascus. It's hard for you to kick against the prick. It's time to repent and come back to God. Say, well, brother, I've been in the church for 20 years. It doesn't matter. Is there a fire burning? This is Pentecostal week. The day of Pentecost. Suddenly, like a rushing mighty wind, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues, cloven tongues of fire. You see fire on the day of Pentecost. Fire is meant to put you, put you on the map, to make you visible.
He's an all-consuming God. The anointing has fallen strong right now. Here it comes. I'm telling you, it's dropping in here strong. Open your heart up to him. Say, Lord, fill me tonight. Change me from glory to glory. Father, thank you for our pastor that paid a price. He's still paying a price with his life. Thank you for those that have gone out before us that paved the way that you've handed the baton to. Father, we'll do our best. We will do our best. Brother Eric, you were connected with Schombach. You're, you're carrying on his ministry. We're carrying something. We're carrying it to the next. And we want to do it well. We don't want to do it haphazard. We want a spirit of excellence on us to do it right. We can give our all. At least if he gave us all, we can give our all. Here it comes, even stronger. Watch, watch what hits this place. This is his heart. I remember reading the scripture where the disciples came across Jesus. They asked him where he lived. He said, come, I'll show you where I live. If you want to know where he lives, just right now you can have the dwelling in the secret and the spirit realm. He's still calling. Here it comes. Oh, such refreshing times of refreshment that come from the presence. Such anointing, such refilling strength. He's here. We welcome him here. He's here. Lord, you're here. And you're here for them. You're here for the greatest objection, object of your love, which is people. You love them. As they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits, heroic deeds. And then he spoke to his disciples on the side, on the water by the shore. He said, and he departed, and they said, Did and our hearts burn within us when he spoke to us by the wayside? Some of you, darkness is lifting off of you right now. Despair and hopelessness is lifting off you. Depression is lifting off of you. He's here. He's here. Whatever you need, he's here.
Lift your hands and worship them now. If you're here tonight and you've been not where you need to be with God, you want to ask God to refire you tonight. You want to say, Lord, my heart needs to come back to you. If that's you, will you just stand to your feet quickly all over the building? Coming back to God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, ma'am. Quickly, stand to your feet. Thank you. Quickly, stand to your feet. Say, I want to I come back into a place that's communion and fellowship with him. I'm not where I want to be. Quickly, I've been provoked tonight. Stand to your feet, quickly. Quickly. Maybe you're here tonight, you've never been born again. You want to ask Jesus to be your savior. It's time. This is your night. He's calling you in now. This is your night. You may not have another opportunity. Quickly, stand to your feet. You want to come back to God. Thank you. All over the building, quickly, obey God. There's an anointing here. Quickly, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I want to come back. Maybe you're prodigal. You've been away from God. You really didn't realize how far you were away from him until that presence dropped tonight. Quickly, stand to your feet. Say, Brother Chris, that's me. Come on, there's more. Quickly, obey God, quickly. You know he's talking to you. Your heart's beating heavy. Quickly. Quickly. Quickly, stand to your feet. Quickly, there's more. Young people, you need God. Quickly, stand to your feet. Those that are standing, just come down to the altar quickly as they just keep playing. You can sing that song quickly. Just come. You're coming back to God. You want fresh fire in your heart. You want more of God. There's many more of you that haven't standed up. Come tonight. Come to the altar. Come here quickly. Just come lift your hand. Say, I'm coming back to God tonight. This is my night. I want more of God. I need God tonight like never before. You say, well, I've been coming to church, but you still need that fire. Quickly, come. Maybe you're away from God. You've been out of fellowship with Him. It's time to get it right tonight. He loves you tonight, quickly. Maybe you've been dealing with depression, suicidal thoughts. You don't even want to live. Quickly, come to the altar, fast. Quickly. 
I, if you're going through one of the darkest times of your life right now, the hardest time of your life, quickly come down here. Obey God. Stand on your feet and come down here, and God's going to touch you tonight quickly. 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 Thank you, sir. Come down. Come on. Obey God. Fighting with depression, suicidal thoughts, despair, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You want to come back to God tonight. You sense that presence. You know he's here. He loves you. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, sir. We love you. So proud of you. So proud of everyone that's come up here quickly. Let's lift our hands up front. You that are up front, say this with me. Lord Jesus, I know that you died for my sins. I know your mercy is available every morning. Tonight, I give you my heart. Not half of it, not a quarter of it, not three quarters of it, but all of it. Take my heart like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Use me. I ask you now to forgive me of any sins in the name of Jesus that stand between you and I. In the name of Jesus, I declare I'm forgiven. I declare tonight the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Thank you right now. You said in your word, if I confess my sins, you would be faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. There's the anointing. Now let's lift our hands. No more fight with that now. Tonight you're free from that in Jesus' name. Come here, sir. The finances will come and the doors will open. And remember to speak life with your lips because the way you speak will either hinder or help you. So speak life. Come here, sir. God loves you, my friend. There it is. You're not going to go home. You're living out your days with life fulfillment. I know. Now I'll break that off of her now in Jesus' name. There it is. Take that, honey. Just take it, honey. Let's lift our hands all over the building. You're not sleeping at night, but you're gonna sleep. You're gonna sleep good tonight. Fight in Jesus' name. I know. Father, mark her with your power. Come sit right here, Bob. Fire. Fire. Keep singing, that's okay.
a lot of hurt. No, no, no fear. Don't be afraid of that. What you fear will come upon you. You trust God in everything, okay? You got me? It's not going to happen. Bring him over here. Come over here, sir. Go over there. Go right there. Lift our hands and worship God. There it is right there. Fire! Don't rush anybody up. Let them stay under it. Every soul held captive by depression. Fire. Fire. Mark him. I've been facing a lot of challenges, to say the least. Lord's going to work it all out for you, so keep trusting Him and saying with your lips, God's at work in my life, the will and work of His good pleasure. A lot of dreams have been taken from you in times past, but stolen from you. But God's going to restore it back to you in Jesus' name. Fire! That's broken over you now. It comes out. No more will you will you labor over that. What happened when you were a girl is gone now. Father, remove it from her. Break that stronghold. Break it! Stay under it, sir. Sir, stay under it. Stay under it. Yeah, I know you're returning tonight. Yeah, I'm proud of you. There it is, there it is, right there. Let's lift our hands and thank God. No fear. I break the spirit of fear that will try to come against her in Jesus' name. You're 
you're not alone. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. But you boldly say the Lord is your helper. You'll not fear what man can do in you. Let's lift our hands and thank God all over the building. Respiratory problems quickly. Shortness of breath. Scoliosis of the spine. Lower back pain. Stomach issues. Uh, someone in, the ne in your neck. You've, you've got problems to the neck area. Pain through the neck area. Scoliosis of the spine. Respiratory problems. Irregular heartbeat. Sciatic nerve in the lower back. Quickly come. Quickly come. Quickly. What's wrong, honey? Okay. Sit over there. Back problems? Okay, sit over there. Any kind of back problems. You need healing. Just come quickly. Gonna have all kinds of miracles tonight. Lift your hands up. Just thank him. See how see how your leg is shorter. Watch how fast. Now where was your pain? Is it there now? It's not, is it? Yeah, because your leg was shorter, so you're healed. Come here, put your legs out, honey. Relax. Too tense. Way too tense. Okay, where was your pain? Is it there now? He just healed you. Now lift your hands and thank you. Father, thank you for touching her in Jesus' name. Come on over here, honey. What's wrong with you? Your back? Okay. You don't have shoes on, so it's hard for me to see, but okay. Put your legs Let's lift our hands in the building and thank God. God's healing you right now, honey. Is it through the, the neck area or the lower? Lower back? Okay. Lift your hands up and thank you right now. Father, thank you for healing her right now in Jesus' name. Now there's a warmth going into your lower back. There it is. Watch. Like a, like a heat that will begin to flow in your lower back. you and God's going to show you what to do and the direction to take his plans are greater than you think so trust him and content continue to seek his face and he'll give you all the information you need regarding your future and the plans that he has for you amen okay now just stand up and bend over you'll find your healed pain's gone good right all right okay relax Okay, look how off you are, sweetie. See it? Okay, watch. Now, where was your pain? Is it there now? Gone, right? You're healed. What do you need, love? Pinch, pinch nerve in your tummy? Okay, let's check your legs. Related to Lindsay? Okay, you look like her. You just got healed. You did, it's done. What else did you have? Was your tummy? You're good? Inflammation. You're healed, honey. You're healed. Praise God. Let's thank the Lord tonight. Come on, He's doing great things. Put your legs out. Okay. Okay. Relax. 
left leg is now growing out. Your right leg, see it coming out? Praise you, Jesus. We thank you for it now. Where was your pain? Is it there now? You're healed. Get out of here. Come here, love. Respiratory. Okay, come on over here. Is your back hurt? All right, we'll sit down. Let's lift our hands and thank God. He's doing miracles. Okay, put your legs out, honey. You see how you're off? Look. Watch. Did you feel that growing out? See that? Okay, where was your pain in the back? Is it there now? You're healed. Come on. Praise God. All kinds of miracles taking place. Um, ushers, come. Come here, love. Come here. I just want to pray for your lungs. Now we command the, the lungs, the hindrance, respiratory to depart from her now in Jesus' name. Good to see you, man. Legs, put them out. Okay. Where's your pain? Okay, so your back's fine. Yeah, <laughs> your back's fine. What's wrong with the hands? Arthritis? Okay. Now, Father, right now, heal his hands right now. Command the pain to depart. Command these joints to function perfectly and fine. In the name of Jesus, say this with me. I forgive anybody that's ever hurt me, anybody that's ever spoken ill of me, any that's ever hurt me before. I forgive them now in Jesus' name. Okay, now move your hands. You're going to feel warmth. Come here, stand up, sir. Come over here. I want to pray for you. Let's lift our hands. Maybe you can change the song, something different. You're doing great, but go to a different. It's a great song, but there you go. There's the anointing. See, the anointing just went into you. Okay. Okay. The ears. Okay. Respiratory in your ears. I command these ears to be open in Jesus' mighty name. And the authority of the name of Jesus of Nazareth be open in Jesus' name. Nice, right? Respiratory. Command his lungs to be loosed and opened by the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. We give you all the praise and glory. Take a deep breath, my friend, as the life of God's flowing inside of you. What do you need, sir? Okay, let's... Okay. 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 Your knee just got healed. It's healed. Stand up and just bend it. Watch. You'll see you're healed. Go ahead. Just stand up and you can do it. Huh? There's pain in there now? Really? Stand up. How about letting Jesus be your cane? Okay. All right. Now close your eyes and lift your hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. You're the healer of my body. In the name of Jesus. Okay, and I command that pain to come out of the knee now in the authority of Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you for it now in Jesus. Okay, now just bend your knee. Go ahead and bend it. Yeah, it is better, isn't it? Huh? Well, it's tight because of your muscles. Can you lower it just a little bit? Just lower it just a tiny bit. You're doing great. Okay, go ahead and just bend it. It's better, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you got you you're, you got muscles that are all tight because you've been babying it. 
But that's, that's healing, though. That's part of it, yeah. Go ahead, just keep walking. Come on, just walk. Just go ahead and walk. See? There you go. That's pretty good, isn't it? Okay. Okay, put your legs out, sir. Let's lift our hands and thank God. There it goes. Your leg just grew out. This one. This was short about, maybe about two inches. Where was your pain? Is it there now? Tightness. Yeah. Okay, stand up, sir. You can stand up and just walk. Because God's just healed you. Your leg grew out about two inches. Yeah, just go ahead and walk. That feels pretty good, doesn't it? Huh? It does, right? Yeah, a lot better, of course. Huh? Okay. But God just healed you. Amen. What do you need, sir? Lost a lot of fire. Well, come here. Let's get some fire. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, let fire burn in his bosom. Like fire shut up in his bones. Fire! There it is. Just take the anointing. Let it flow into you. There you go. What do you need, ma'am? Shoulder? Digestive. Okay. Lift your hand. Lift that up, that elbow. Is there pain in there now? Okay. Just check your feet, your legs. Let's thank the Lord. God's doing miracles tonight. Relax. Okay. This, this leg is shorter. Can you see that? Okay. Watch how fast. You're too tense. Relax. You're a leader. You're intense, you know? Okay, so now that grew out, and the reason this leg is up higher, that's why you got problems up on that shoulder. Okay, so stand up. All right, now move your shoulder up now. It's gone, isn't it? <laughs> All right. They're digestive. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll just pray for you. Father, heal her digestive tracts in the name of Jesus. Father, continue to give her wisdom and direction and guide her in that what she's doing. Anoint her greatly to do the work of God in Jesus' name. Fire. What do you need, sir? Okay. All right. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that these knees are healed in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Lindsay, your stomach just got healed. Okay. Hey, you're doing great for 85, yeah. There you go. All right. Praise God. What do you need, sir? Neck hurts? Just check your legs. Okay. Put your legs out. Relax. Two tenths. Relax. Okay. Where was your pain? Is it there now? Okay. Stay there. Stay there. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command his neck. There it goes. Okay, try moving it now. Watch. It's, it'll be better. It's nice, right? All right. Praise the Lord. That's exciting, isn't it? What do you need, ma'am? Neck and back. Sit down there. Let's thank God. God's touching spines and backs and hearts and stomachs. And Okay. See how you're off, honey? See how that leg's short like that? Now watch. Now it's longer. You see that? If I leave you there, you're in trouble. 
Okay. Now, where was your pain? Is it there now? Is it? Okay, now lift your hands up and thank you. You're going to start feeling warmth in the lower back. feel that? Like a heat, right? Am I right or what? Yeah. Wiggle your fingers if I'm right. Yeah. Okay. Now, your back's perfectly whole. You just have muscle spasms. But stand up and bend over and you'll find out that you're like a thousand times better. Go ahead. Awesome, right? All right. Praise the Lord. What do you need, love? Your knees. Okay. Put your, put your legs on. Let's check your back. Let's lift our hands and give Jesus all the praise. This leg is off. See how it's shorter? Watch. Now we command that knee to be made whole now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. You just got healed, honey. Stand up and just bend over. Isn't that great? You what? Bone on bone, but you're healed. But they feel fine, right? Bone on bone, but she's completely healed, right? Can you just kind of run up there? Just go run down the altar? That feels good, doesn't it? How long has it been in that condition? Two years. Amen. Two years, and it takes two seconds for God. Okay, you're next. You ready? Let's lift our hands and thank God all over the building. Look how short you're, look. Watch how fast. Father, we thank you for the miraculous. Thank you that Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved among us with signs, wonders, and miracles, what you did. Now, where was your pain? Back? Kidneys? Okay. All right. So, Father, right now, heal her kidneys. She does not have kidney disease. Command her hands to be healthy and whole, her neck from the crown of her head to the bottom of her feet. Let the fire of God touch her and heal her. And we thank you. We give you all the praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Move your hands fast, honey, because there's heat going into them right now. I told you. Like warmth, right? Isn't that right? Like a burning heat. Isn't that great? They feel good, right? What about your lower back? Isn't that great? Go ahead. I can close my hands. I haven't been able to close my hands beyond this for You haven't been able Okay, for how long? At least a year. At least a year. She hasn't been able to close her hands, but now she can close them fine. Praise God. All right, now you can punch the devil in the head. I'm just kidding. Get up. Now your, your back is healed. Your legs are healed. Everything's fine. We won't even charge you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. What do you need, love? Okay, check your back. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Okay. Okay, relax. See how you're off? Watch how fast. That was easy, right? Now, where was your pain? Okay, now close your eyes. Now watch, you're going to start feeling heat. Go there right now. Command that shoulder to be loosed in Jesus' name. Devil, take your hands off it. Now bring it down and bring it up once and you'll be fine. Here it goes. You're way higher than you used to be, isn't it? Yep. 
Now relax and watch. Bring it up again, watch. Or just relax like you're completely whole. Or like you're completely whole. Just bring it up. Go ahead. It is higher. Of course it is. Come here. Come on. Stand up here. All right. Now let's get it all the way, okay? Now let's now watch. Watch how easy. Now go ahead. Stay behind her. Here it is. There you go. <laughs> You're done. Get out of here. What do you need? Yes, I'm going to pray for my nephew. He came over Kidney disease. Do you have a handkerchief that we can use? A handkerchief? No. Yes, sir. Okay. Brother Eric, he's always on the mark. Yeah, he's a sharp guy. Father Wright, what's the name? Stephen. Father, right now, Acts 19.11, you wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, brought unto him handkerchiefs and aprons. When they brought on him, they were healed. So, Stephen, be free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. All right, let's lift our hands and thank God. God's doing all kinds of miracles tonight. What do you need, sir? Fire. Fire? Okay, that's good. That's a good thing. One of these times we'll pray for the whole congregation. We'll just have to start at four in the afternoon. What do you need? Tummy hurts? Is your tummy hurt? Oh, okay. That's nothing. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we command his little tummy to function properly. Thank you, Father, for a release in his tummy in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And we thank you for his life. Raise him up to be a mighty man of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Uh, irregular heartbeats that are going on any kind of irregularity in the heartbeat I don't know who that is good to see you irregular heartbeat real quick I don't know who that is we're almost done here is that you honey okay good come thank you Lord I'm sorry you knew I would call it out see so God knows okay you have an irregularity in the beat and a brain tumor and a blood clot. Okay, perfect. I'm so glad that God's going to heal you tonight. Scheduled major surgery Monday. Okay, lift your hands up. Now, Father, what's your name, honey? Melinda. Father, I thank you for Melinda. We curse the tumor in her brain. Right now, we command it to dissolve in her in Jesus' name. We command all blood clots to depart from her for the flow of the anointing will go in and undo that which is out of order to be brought in order with heaven. Thank you for her body that's completely healed. The anointing went right into her. Now you stay under that, honey, because you're on the surgery table like we spoke earlier. What do you need, love? And fix her knee in Jesus' name. Which one? The right one? Yeah. Is there pain in it now? There isn't, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. You're scheduled for surgery. Now you can put all that money in the offering. <laughs> Amen. You can tithe. Irregular heartbeat. Irregular Okay, now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we command her to be healed from the crown of her head to the bottom of her feet. We command the pain to depart from that knee in the name of Jesus. There it is. Thank you, Father. Can you imagine if we stopped the service too short right there where her brain tumors dissolve, her knees heal, doesn't go to surgery, and her blood clots are gone? Imagine if we stop just soon. Come. Let's lift our hands. <clears throat> what do you need, champ? What? Okay. All right. In the name of Jesus. Fire. Amen. Come here, love. What do you need? Your heart. Is it physical? 
Physical heart? What's wrong? Okay, spiritually. Okay, come on over here. Lift your hands up. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Psalms 147, verse 3. You heal the broken heart. And you bind up the wounds. Every hurt, every puncture wound to her spirit, to her soul, with disappointment and brokenness is broken off of her now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. What do you need, love? Okay. All right, lift your hands up to heaven. Father, right now, pray the eyes of her understanding are enlightened she knows the hope of her calling let her complete world change from this night forward that she'd be set on fire with your power in Jesus name this night okay stomach problem okay oh what is his name David okay father right now we command Acts 19 11 we command David to be healed in his stomach just as the power of God flowed from Jesus' garment and cloth, so too this anointing goes into this now. And when she lays this on her, on her son, David, right? In the name of Jesus, he will be completely whole from any stomach issues. And that, for that matter, let him be completely delivered from every force of hell that's tried to stop him from serving, that you've been praying for him about. In the name of Jesus, he will come in, he will serve God, and he is listening to you, and he's hearing your prayers and the things you've been speaking to him, and you've been praying, so it's come to pass in Jesus' name. Good to see you. What do you need, honey? Um, I got three different Okay. For my daughter, last Okay, I remember. She has a broken foot now, and she's going to have to have eye surgery. Okay. Okay, and then... Broken foot, eye surgery, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Grandson, autistic, doesn't want to eat. So you eat and you be normal in Jesus' name. Okay. And Father, right now, what's your husband's name? John, in the name of Jesus, be healed from pain in your arm now. The anointing flows into you. And any kind of frustration and anger departs as well in the name of Jesus. Okay. It's all in there. They're all loaded with it. So you just take it. While you're here, take the anointing. What do you need, love? Okay. Your brother. Oh, what is his name? Paul. Can you take a cloth to him and pray for him? And your back needs healing too. So sit down for a minute. Sit on the... Father, we thank you for her brother Paul that's healed according to Acts 19.11. Okay, remember that in Jesus' name. Let me check your spine. See how off you are, honey? Look. Look over here, man. See, you're off. You feel that? You can feel that, right? Yeah, your spine is, is, is straightening right now. Your spine's crooked. It's straightening right now. You're going to feel heat in your spine. Watch. Mark it down. And I heard the Lord say, I told you that when you pray to me that I will answer those prayers and bring them to pass for what sort of things you desire when you have prayed believe that you've received them and you'll have them for I'm working even now on the prayers that you have brought before my throne for the prayers of the saints are kept in vials and I've heard your prayers and they are not gone unnoticed for even as in Acts 10 Cornelius's hearts his prayer house his prayers came up before him as a memorial 
and so your prayers have come before heaven as a memorial and they shall come to pass and your entire family will serve the Lord, right? That's what you pray, right? Okay, and he just healed your back, love. Isn't that exciting? Okay, lift your hands and thank God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come up here. Both of you, come up here. Is that okay, Brother Eric? Okay. I'm just checking for time. Lift your hands up. Now, the hand of God's on your life and the things that were spoken and taught tonight, you need to take completely to heart and begin to stir yourself up to walk with God for the baton must be passed to the next generation. And the fire of God flows into you as well. Fire! Marker in Jesus' name. Let's thank God. Let's worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. How you doing, ma'am? Better? Come back up here for a minute. Both of you. Both of you. Come, 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 come. Quick, 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 quick. Just lift your hands up. There's been a lot of pressure on you. You've been going through a lot of things. So now that breaks off you now. Now let the anointing flow into you and minister peace to you. Fire, loose that off of her. Come here, love. Whatever people have done, I'll just let it all go and forgive, even this night. And as you do that, your strength will be restored and your heart will mend in complete totality in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blood clots are dissolving right now. Growths are dissolving right now. Lower back pain is dissolving right now. In the name of Jesus. Stomach conditions are being healed completely right now. Someone here, you've had an infection in your gums, the gum area, through the mouth. Your, your teeth get inflamed with your gums. You're being healed right now. In the name of Jesus. Someone here, you've had cataracts and having a hard time seeing. The Lord's restoring your vision right now. In Jesus' name, you'll feel burning. Okay, in the back, ma'am. God's healing you of cataracts right now. You're being healed right now. Close your eyes and you'll feel burning into those eyes. In Jesus' name, I watch. You'll feel warmth in there. Thank you. Some of you here, you're fearing you're going to die. I hear that in my spirit. Like you're going to pass away and you're going to die before your time. Here's what the Lord says. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Ecclesiastes 7, 17 says, why should you die before your time? And Satan is the father of lies and there's no truth found. So cast down those imaginations and every lofty thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You bring those thoughts captive, obedient to Christ. And I break that stronghold in the name of Jesus. There's some of you here, you're gonna go overseas and do missions work and the hand of God is on you and you will go and the money will come and stop consulting saying, when the money comes, I'll go. Schedule it, be led by God and the Lord will open the door for you to go overseas and he will make a way for you in the name of Jesus. That's a word for somebody, maybe several of you. Some of you in high school, your kids are being harassed in high school, but the Lord said, I will not allow you to be bullied if you walk in my presence for your enemy will come at you one way and flee seven ways. And God said, I'll give you great favor and protect you if you'll walk in love and just have a dead ear to it and just turn away and walk away. I will protect you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and let's thank him right now. Praise the Lord. Let's thank our, let's, let's thank him now. Lord, we give you praise. Say this with me. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. 
Say it again. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Say it one more time. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Now lift your hands and thank Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, we're going to receive an offering right now uh, for Dr. Chris. What a great message tonight. What a great demonstration we're seeing. Let's help Dr. Chris take the same message to other churches across America, around the world. Let's sow in bountifully into, into his ministry. Our ushers now have envelopes. Uh, they're going to pass them out. Or you can simply grab an envelope in front of you in the pews. Uh, you can also give electronically. I believe we have a QR code up there. If you just push your, point your phone towards the QR code, it'll take you directly. Uh, to a giving page where you can give to Dr. Chris D'Amico. Uh, this man of God you saw, this is what happens every night wherever he goes. And he's not in a hurry, but uh, God is touching people in such a powerful way. Let's sow into this. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 6 or 8, that when we sow uh, uh, sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. But when we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. And let's be a cheerful giver when we give tonight. So tonight as you give, uh, our ushers are going to come right now. We're going to put our buckets out here for those who want to physically give an envelope. Again, you can use the QR code to give. Dr. Chris, thank you so much for coming. Powerful, powerful message. Uh, it's been two great nights. This is what Pentecost is all about. It's seeing the Spirit of God move, the, the, the gifts of Spirit being uh, activated in services in people's lives. And I here's what I encourage you to do. For those of you who are touched tonight, don't keep it to yourself. Go share it with somebody. Go tell somebody what God did for you. If you had a miracle, if you had your heart changed, if you, if you re just rededicate your heart to Christ tonight, make sure you tell this one person wrong what God did tonight. And I believe God's going to use you to touch others as well. So thank you for once again for coming tonight. We will be here tomorrow night. Dr. Tim Bagwa is going to be here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. We're going to bring the offering buckets down right now, and we're ready to dismiss. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs>